Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. One of our listeners writes in today and they have a great question. Did Jesus desire to give God the cup, diminish his love on the cross? In the Garden of Gethsemane, the Gospels record an episode between Jesus and the disciples just before the arrest of Jesus, where Jesus prays three times in Matthew 26, 39, which reveals Jesus' mindset before the crucifixion and his submission to the will of God. The cup spoken of by Jesus is a suffering he was willingly willing to endure here shortly. Jesus is fully God and fully man, and in his sinless human nature, Jesus struggled with the need to accept torture and shame that awaited him. As a result, his flesh recoiled from the cross. In the same context of the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says in Matthew twenty-six thirty-eight, Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Luke, the, phys- the physician, observed that Jesus was sweating blood, a sign of extreme anguish, Luke twenty two forty four says, which shows that Jesus was indeed fully man while remaining fully God during his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. You see, Jesus was not fooled by what was about to happen in his suffering and during the cross. The agony Jesus was about to face was more than physical. It would be emotional and spiritual also. Jesus fully knew the will of God was about to crush him, to allow him to be pierced for our transgressions, for humanity's sin, so they could be at peace with God. Jesus loves humanity, but in his humanity, he dreaded the pain and sorrow he faced, and it drove him to pray, let this cup pass from me. Well, we need to make two important qualifications here. Jesus' prayer to remove this cup from me in Luke twenty-two forty-two contains two essential qualifications. First, he prays, if you are willing, in Luke twenty-two forty-two, And so if there was any other way to redeem humanity, Jesus asks that there be another way. The events following his prayer show that, that there was no other way. Jesus Christ is the only possible sacrifice to redeem the world. Second, Jesus prays, not my will, but yours be done. You see, Jesus was committed to the will of God, body, mind, and soul. The prayer of the righteous is always dependent upon the will of God. You see, in Gethsemane, Jesus demonstrates what submission to the Father looks like through earnest, intense, and willful submission to the plan of God. You see, when we face trials, Jesus knows what we're going to go through because he experienced the full range of human temptation and weakness, but he never sinned. Such truth is comforting because Jesus is our faithful high priest who ever lives to make intercession for the people of God, and he summons them to come before his throne of grace. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, Luke 19.10 says, and he accomplished that mission at the costly sacrifice of his own life, drinking the cup of suffering to the very end of his life. Obedience to Jesus is not a suggestion. It's a command made possible because of the finished and sufficient work of Jesus and the present indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible promises a blessing for obedience and curses for disobedience in Deuteronomy 28. In Hebrews 12.6, it also teaches that the Lord disciplines his sons and daughters whom he loves. Nothing reveals a particular contrast, as does the first Adam in the Garden of Eden, and the, first, uh, and the obedience of the last Adam, Jesus Christ. 
The first rejection of the revealed will of God occurred in Eden when Adam broke God's law and ate from the forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Humanity from thenceforth was were sinners by nature and by choice. Millennia later, Jesus Christ, the last Adam, chose the Garden of Gethsemane to obey the Lord God, the consequence of which would be the struggle for the salvation of the people of God. We read of the struggle of Jesus in Mark 14, 32-36. There, Jesus' submission to the Father was not easy. It was described there as a struggle. Our Savior Jesus wrestled with the choice before him in the garden, and he begged that the cup pass from him. He was even so emotionally distressed that he sweated blood. Such truth reveals that the trial of Jesus was not merely physical in nature. He was in turmoil because he would bear the divine wrath of his Father to atone for the people of God. The God-man, pure and sinless, was going to become sin so that in him his people might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was going to suffer the full weight of all the sins of his people, and as such he was going to experience separation from God's blessing that sinners endure in hell. And so there's little wonder that, that Jesus asked for another way to bring about the salvation of the people of God. Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane reveals the humanity of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Son of God, and as such, knew the cross was the only way to save the people of God. And according to his humanity, Jesus asked if there was another way because it was such a high cost for him to die. In fact, in this, Jesus did not sin. He committed himself to follow the revealed will of God, even if it would cost him his very life. Jesus did not ask the cup to be removed out of disobedience, nor from a refusal to obey the Father. He was willing to obey the Father no matter what it would take. Throughout the Gospel of Mark, we read how the disciples failed to understand the message of Jesus. In fact, Mark 10, 35-37 gives more evidence that the disciples were slow to understand the teaching of Jesus. For Mark records there the daring request of the sons of Zebedee, James and John, that they made to Jesus as they traveled from Galilee to Jerusalem. Mark 10, 35-37 is where the sons of Zebedee request to sit at the left and the right of Jesus' place of honor in the kingdom of God. But such a request reveals their failure to understand Jesus' teaching on discipleship. For true disciples of Jesus do not look to advance their honor or their fame, but the fame of the Lord Jesus. You see, Jesus calls his followers to come to him with humility, as little children who know they do not have anything to offer him but their very lives. Christ did not immediately rebuke these sons of Zebedee, but instead he questions whether they were qualified to hold such a position. He asked them whether they would be able to drink the cup and be baptized with the baptism he was about to experience. The cup, the image of the cup in the Old Testament, it, re- it represents and, and can symbolize the blessing of God. In fact, in the majority of the references, the cup, though, though represents the Lord's judgment and his wrath on wickedness. In, in Mark 10.38, the cup has negative connotations which is why it represents the cup of divine wrath that Jesus would drink on behalf of his people to save them from their sin. So we can expect James and John to answer, No, no Lord, we cannot drink from this cup. In fact, Christ's question in the original Greek is phrased in such a way as to make clear a negative answer is expected. Even so, when James and John told Jesus they could drink the cup, they were saying they could endure his baptism. Our Savior agreed that that they would indeed, in fact, drink his cup and receive his baptism. Christ was not indicating they would atone for people's sins here, though. 
Instead, Jesus was pointing out that they would share in the suffering of, of Christ and their service to him, which he was about to endure in Jerusalem. Christians today should not worry whether they, they will have honor and glory in this life or in the life to come. The most honored in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus will be those who have suffered the greatest for Jesus' name. And as we suffer for Jesus, let us remember as the people of God that such suffering will lead to honor in the kingdom of God. Suffering represents faithfulness to God. And it is faithfulness to God that Jesus fully exemplified and now empowers his people to do in like man. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.